Huh? We're live. There we go. I like that. You're alive. It's excellent. Yes, thank you. Very it's like much. a it's like a reminder. Uh, yeah. That in alive. these times of the COVID, you are alive. You're Congratulations. It's Fable Forest uh, Films uh, podcast, First Frames First, episode 82. Uh, I am your better golfing host, uh, Jay. And I am your more handsome gentleman, Adrian. I mean, debatable. Hey, I could become better at golf, bro. Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I just got to practice. What are you going to do? Huh? Famous Winston Churchill. Uh, um so today uh we're we're pretty happy uh oh look we hey mandy mandy's joined already um we're pretty happy we're we have a special guest star uh second week in a row after coming back from our brief hiatus um we uh originally hated this guy a lot like a lot uh because hey matt because his team was better than us in every way it felt like mm-hmm. at first right mm-hmm. we competed against each other uh for the Sinaku uh challenge when we were working uh on the postman project uh james mcdougall uh writer director actor is going to be on in a second and this guy's team we're going to get into uh we're going to get into what what they were all about and what he did maybe we can show something if that's okay with james 100%. um hey tabby and matt uh here we go. Showing. Look at the, we've got we've got people coming on already. Uh, this is excellent. Um, so without without further ado, and maybe we'll give a, a quick update on some things that are going on uh, in Fable Forest uh, life. Yep. And uh, just to say, uh, James is uh, jumping from strength to strength to strength. It's it's true. What is it? His acting chops. They are rising up. Look, you're, you're, I mean, you're, soon we're going to have a short film that has a really, really famous guy in it. That's true. That's true. Here we go. We're going to, we're going to kick off the show. And Adrian, at one, one of these days, you're going to have to get a, a streaming service that, that works. Hey guys, I'm Adrian. And I'm Jay. We run Fable Forest Films. Right now, we're totally independent. Well, what's the dream? Making crazy awesome film and television for the biggest studios. This podcast is our journey. Oh, welcome, James. <laughs> this is, this is you know, on, guys, how you doing? We're doing excellent. Did you notice that your face was in our intro? I did. For our podcast? Do we yeah. owe you money for that? I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm going to be calling my agent right after this, and uh, we're going to take care of that. Oh, shit, you have an agent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was I introduced Connor to um uh uh. Doug and Bob McKenzie, you know, the great Canadian, uh, the great white North uh, comedians. And they had this song called Take Off uh, and they brought Getty Lee on from Rush and Getty Lee sang the comedians kind of take off song. And uh, they're like, hey, yo, uh, hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, did uh, did our guys talk to your lawyer? And Getty Lee was like, yeah, 10 bucks is 10 bucks, eh? So I don't know. It was a yeah. Sorry, Jay, you st- lost just, me there. We lost you. <laughs> Those were just a, I, I don't know. Any, like I don't. That was like a different language to me. I, I, I... <laughs> so you want to be a storyteller for a living, James? <laughs> as I just don't under. I just I'm not making fun. I just don't know those names, and I'm I I, I get it. Yeah, I'm just not sure. 
Ten bucks Whoa. is ten bucks, bro. Ten bucks is ten bucks, bro. Here we go. Well, All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull things up to school you guys later on. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta fill me in on what that means. I'm going to. I'm going to. And we're gonna come. We're gonna circle back. I'm gonna tell that joke again, and then it's gonna be hilarious. All right. So that's good. It's gonna make me happy. So James, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about James McDougall. And what is uh, what is? Let's talk about currently. No, currently is the most exciting bit. Let's talk about let right at the end. Let's talk about where it all begins for you, sir. Okay. What like acting film? Where's the what's the origin story? Oh God, are we we're going right into the, all that? Let, will, let's go. Okay. Let's go right. Let's cool. go right will, back and and, you... and let the people enjoy James okay. McDougall. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. And first off, thank you so much for the intro. Uh, that's very kind. I was blushing, and I got like our team was just super intimidated by you guys. Your trailer was like so slick. Like, like we were like, how the hell are we going to compete with these guys? We had to up our game every week because it was. I, I said a, a couple weeks ago, like, that time was one of the best times of my life. Like, it felt yeah. like. It felt it like. Uh, and the worst, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it really was. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, the, it was really the possibility. Yeah. The possibility that you could make a movie for a million bucks. Yeah. So yeah. amazing. Like, it's, that's like a dream come true for every, any filmmaker. So. Yeah. Yeah. And we came so close, and it was, yeah, it felt so within grasp. And uh, yeah, that was that was a, such a. But honestly, all the connections that we got to make through all that. This is the Cineku thing that we're talking about here. But that was so cool. Like I still talk to you guys. I still like I've done. Yeah, I work with um, uh, Mike Gallant as well. Like from the um, henchmen and everything. And yeah, oh, yeah. Just, there's been like it's been a cool, cool little community since then. That is awesome. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. So to take it, I'll give you the brief uh, kind of summary of like my trajectory here, but. I, you know, I uh, born in Oshawa, Ontario, and then my folks moved to Coburg when I was very young. And uh, very early on, my dad got me, he was getting me on stage because he was like a, um, he was a teacher at this high school right down the street from us. So I was like two, three years old and he'd bring me up to like the concerts and I'd like sing little songs and stuff. And I think that kind of just, you know, got me hooked to performing and, you know, an audience and, and, and I, I never really looked back since like, yeah, my folks were super supportive and they kept like, I would do, you know, a lot of community theater, um, mm. uh, you know, like usually, a yeah, we had a great, Coburg, Ontario has great community theater, like Victoria Hall and there's the Capitol Theater in Port Hope that we, we did a lot of theater at and, and I just got to play all these awesome roles and, and, and when you're doing theater as a kid, you're working with different age groups, you know, like you got adults and, you know, you got elderly people and other kids and it's just like it's a really cool um you know oh i lost you guys huh. i get we're just, fo we're just focusing on you this is cool oh okay i see i see you we're just making you we were making you the star oh, okay. there for a minute I, I see so okay i get it you can switch the camera angles very cool um but yeah so it's like it was really cool to um to be a part of that and and i got a lot of experience just yeah acting and like and musicals and and all that and then that all led me to my final year of high school my my mom moved off to ottawa as a jail manager and she was trying to get me to move in you know move with her she's like Come on, ottawa. And she did, honestly i gotta give her a lot of credit a lot of credit to my mom here because she made it very possible she went to canterbury arts high school which is a, an art amazing arts high school in ottawa that usually very rarely let new kids in you know in grade 12. yeah and and uh she talked to them about getting me an audition there and and i and i went and auditioned and and i ended up getting in so 
I ended up going to Ottawa for a final year of high school at uh, the, uh, a great arts high school where it was like drama, dance, music, and all my, every single course was like acting or, uh, you know, um, it, I, I took media studies and guitar and uh, and film studies. That was it. I was like making movies, acting, and all this stuff. And the first day of class, the first day I get to this new school, I'm like a little hippie kid. I got a tie-dye shirt on, like got my guitar. And I'm like, I sit down at the back of this class and there's this dude in like a leather jacket. And he's like, oh, hey man, what's going on? I'm Derek Barnes. Yeah, good to meet you. And, and, like I, That was I where know. I met Derek, who's, you know, as you know, we, you know, we work uh, together at Mountain Man Media. And the, you know, and and then this guy's little. I just you know, he, he it was his house that we always went to and partied at, and and it was uh, it got to you know really close with him and his parents, and and uh, and now yeah, years later now we're creating content together. You know, he's a stunt guy out in the industry, and mm-hmm. we're just um, yeah, and that, that kind of that really set things off. And and there's a a few more things I'll fill in, but to get me here, but I ended up I went off to York University for a bit, only for a year though. Cause I just didn't, it didn't click with me. Theater school was kind of a, I, I'd rec, I would recommend it to some people, but for me, I was like, I just want to act, man. And then there was like, and, and I didn't get to act as much as I'd like. And so I left, went back to Ottawa, did a bunch of indie theater, community theater, which led me out to Victoria, BC doing theater out there. Ooh. And then about you know, seven years ago, made the move to Toronto where I was like, I did the shift where I basically, instead of doing all theater, I did all TV film, just trying to make my own content, trying to get out there being everything I possibly could like student films, you know, mm-hmm. whatever I could do like to beef up that IMDb and that resume, I would do it. And, and really the key thing is experience. Like the more you, you guys know, like the more you're on set, mm-hmm. the, you just get used to it and it becomes comfortable, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's, basically like that yeah the acting journey that like led me to toronto and and then oh and then the one other thing i'll mention in toronto i ended up getting a great job at armstrong acting studios which is an awesome on-camera film uh studio for people like in toronto area looking and i worked there as the cam op so i wasn't very i didn't have a lot of money but i could i got kind of paid a tiny bit just to sit behind a camera and film acting wow (laughs) i filmed Mm. like probably close to 3000 hours of acting classes. Wow. Um, and embedded in your brain. You kind of got <laughs> free free acting classes. Totally. Yeah, not only yeah. Like, I was getting paid. Um and 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 to do casting sessions. That ended up leading to doing casting sessions with some of the co- casting directors in the city. Uh and Very good. I was filming those sessions too. So getting like the whole 360 kind of look at what acting is, you know, from from filmmaking process to acting to being behind in the audition room, yeah, I was like that. That was my schooling. That was like I I got a lot from that. Definitely. What were what were some of the like? Did you have? Did you get a chance to like listen to the casting directors talk when people would leave? Yes. So what were some? <laughs> what were some of the like? So now you're like I'm an aspiring actor, or you're an actor at that point. You'd done tons of of um of theater, and you want to jump into acting. What were some of the things you were paying attention to in the casting room where you're like, oh, shit, uh, here's the five things I'm not going to ever do when I jump into a casting room or whatever. Like, what were some of the things that they'd be like, oh, my God, did you see that guy? Great. Yeah, that's a great question. I, and I, I thought that, like, you know, for the most part, it, the big thing that stood out to me was, like, how many people don't prepare enough? You know what I mean? Like, you think... Like in, in this industry, if you get in that room, 
especially with like a top tier casting director, you, you've been chosen over like hundreds, sometimes thousands of submissions and they crack it down to like 10, right? Or they got like 10, they only have a certain time. So mm-hmm. they'll only bring in like, you know, maybe 10 people for a role, maybe less. And, and probably you know, everybody that's in the room can do the role. Yeah. And oh, they're wow. really looking for yeah. that thing. Something specific. Yeah. And sometimes you would just see like people, they just, and you know what, you can't blame them because I've been there too where you just haven't had the time sometimes. But I think more so it was just like, you know, people just wouldn't necessarily prepare as much as they could. And the people that did really stood out, you know, the people that just kind of did their homework and just, you know, were kind of flowing and like really natural with it um, really stood out. And another thing, a takeaway for like you guys and for the, uh, for other act, any actors that are watching this um, is that I remember one, one lady came in one time and just nailed the audition. It was for an awesome role and an awesome show. She nailed it. And she left and the, you know, and, and the, per- and the casting director was just kind of like, Ah, too bad. She looks like the lead. <laughs> that was that was it. Like you know, she didn't, it. she didn't get it because you never yeah. know. You know, you can just all you can do is go in there and put it all on the floor and just give them your version of what what you think yeah. the character is, and then just like leave it. Because I, so- I, I, I literally I get into the habit now of literally just taking my script right when I leave, and it sometimes it looks kind of assholey. Some I, I notice I don't do it when there's a lot of people around now because I had one guy be like, "What the hell?" Because I, I just kind of walk out and I just rip up the script. <laughs> <laughs> and then just toss it in the garbage. I'm like, yeah, did my job. You know, we'll see what happens. Right. Cool. right. But, um, yeah, because sometimes they're looking for something very specific or a, a personality trait very specific that is not necessarily in the words of the page. And once they see it in front of them, they're like, this is exactly what we need. And there are so many extenuating factors as to why someone might or might not get a role that right. is not linked to their acting ability at all. Like, yeah. It's not always the best actor that gets the role. Sometimes no. you can't have two blonde, br- blonde-haired women in the same right. group. Like That's it. Yeah, it just doesn't look right in the frame, right? It just doesn't. It just doesn't look. Um, yeah. yeah, That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know when we look were casting, who it is. Just, hey, Mr. hey, hey, Mike. Yeah, we go. <laughs> hey, we also got to say hello to Danny Bailey there, our guest from last week. <laughs> who laid down some serious technical wizardry on our faces with uh, his camera work. Oh, right on. Dan- yeah. Danny Bailey. Yeah. But um, just like when we were casting, when we were casting for Shifted, we were looking for different people. And we like, we knew that you, we couldn't have two people that looked the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're just like, we have this group of people who are going to be acting as a group together through the movie. And everybody has to have their own distinctive look. You can't have a blondie and a blondie, you know? Right. You can't have two people that look the same because people get them mixed up. And it's yeah. just that simple and just that just that mundane. It's on that was this that was the big reveal for me how mundane it is and how little is in your control once you leave the room. Yeah, and you I'm, should totally not take it personally. Yeah. If you you act your face off, you can still not get a role for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. And I saw that happen, you know, I and, and, and even sometimes it comes down to, you know, is this the kind of person I want to spend, you know, if it's for a series or something, you're like, ah, oh, that person was so good. But this person, I kind of wouldn't mind spending a couple of years with them. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's uh, rude to talk about, but uh, did you guys hear the news about um, Ruby Rose leaving the role of Batwoman? I did, yeah. I, CW? Heard, I did hear that. Yeah, I don't oh. think it's rude to talk about. Yeah, I heard, uh, I heard it's that. It. 
yeah, it's interesting. Like they parted ways. Um, oh, look. Uh, I mean, Mike says it's time to take pants off. I mean, that already happened. Yeah, Unless Mike I, means himself. I, yeah, might I have been it. off this. <laughs> right. I'm taking my pants off. <laughs> okay. Hey guys. Um, but um, but yeah, she she you know kind of said that um, in one of her statements that she didn't enjoy the amount of time she had to be on set. I guess there's like 24 episodes in a season of Batwoman. Um, it just seemed weird to take on a, 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 a role like that, like Supergirl. You've seen Supergirl on CW. I mean, it's tons of episodes. Um, and it just seems, it just seems strange to uh, leave a role like Batwoman. I don't yeah. know. So they're looking. They're looking for. Especially they're looking the to replace her right now. Yeah. So um, is that? Are you bringing that up because you think I should put in a bid? Yeah, one hundred percent. Look at look at this. How can you be an actor with a beard? That's a good question. Excellent good, question from Twitch. I don't usually have a beard. Very good question. Um, I you know I that's a great question because yeah a lot of the time they'll ask you to shave it, but because of this whole situation right now with the COVID, I was like, you know what? Now's the time to try something new. And, um, and I was just, I'm just growing it out while I'm living here, but I'm sure I'll have to shave it at some point. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, it, you know, it's, it's an experiment and it's not going well. Like we've got like, you know, <laughs> I've got, I don't even have like hair and, oh no, this side here. I don't, yeah. It's like, and, uh, and let me say that there are people who act who have beards. That is true. There yeah. are people that do that. Ask Michael Wirtz. I was just gonna say, giant beard upon his face. It was, it was yay big. That takes a different kind of skill set, though. Like you yeah. gotta be an ex, like an almost an Olympic like type actor to be yeah. able to, you know, uh, to do that with facial hair as well. Yeah. Yeah, I probably had to eat steak like every <laughs> night for like a year and a half just for enough protein to grow all that hair out of his face. Well, let me tell you how irritated our good friend was when we came back a year later to do some reshoots and he had to rebuild his excellent beard. How long did uh, it take him? And I it think says, we gave him it says a took, month. It took him four months. It took him four months to get, get it back. It was, uh, I mean, it was rude, uh, you know, of us. Uh, it's, but, method, uh, it's method acting, man. <laughs> I'm, you know, Mike posts so much on Facebook. Uh, I'm trying to scroll to get to his super awesome photo. Here we go. Here we go. Jay's going to do some fancy producing here. Here we go. The show. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Are we going to see? Uh, We're going to see a, a hairy face. Look at this. Oh look my at this guy. God, yeah. Hell yeah. Look at that beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that, does that look like a man that'll crush you with one hand? <laughs> it does. And to answer your Twitch, you know, person's question, that is how you act with a beard. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> it was awesome. Now, how did you end up? I'd love to show. Uh, I mean, you know, I pulled up the Love at First Stab trailer, but I mean, that doesn't really have you in it. But you you oh, wrote and directed. But I was yeah, thinking Derek about playing. I, it. Yeah. I was thinking about playing your differentiator, if you remember that one. Um, yeah. How did you meet? James Morley. Did you guys also go to school together or? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Of course. Uh, can't leave him out of the story. He was also, um, in, in like there's two acting classes that got divided at the school and I just happened to end up in Derek and, and James's class. Um, and yeah. And, and he and I didn't 
like we didn't talk a lot till after the after school and then we ended up just yeah like once i moved back to toronto uh he was living with derek in uh the danforth area right. um, where i'm at and and i ended up yeah i think i ended up taking his room because he went on a long trip and i ended up kind of living in his room for a while and then we just all you know the rest is history we just all worked like he Derek when he came I, back you guys spooned yeah we just all spooned for a while and yeah, you know yeah. And then, and then we all just did the Mountain Man Media thing, which another for the filmmaking aspect of like on my my schooling was uh, really like making stuff with them and and the custom demo reels. I don't know if you heard it. Like we did a lot of custom demo reels for actors cool. because I knew a lot of actors from Armstrong, and a lot of people just wanted to make content to show off their skills, you know. But then yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like how long it takes an actor to to freaking build a demo reel. Yeah, yeah, demo. And a lot of the time, it's like, would you like a coffee? Would you like a you know it's like it's just like the same thing for a long time. So just to get to show your chops as a lead, like it, yeah. And, and we and that brought us to a point where we were all like kind of tag teaming. We took turns directing scenes. We took turns writing scenes in different genres, and we were just shooting on little five D. You know, Derek loved his multicam, so he and Morley would usually be on the five Ds, and I'd have sound going, and oh. just uh, and it would be a three man production team for years. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so I'm going to show, I'm going to show the audience here. Um, when we competed against each other, uh, this was the first time we got to see who you guys were after watching the trailer, uh, for, for the movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw it in here. Awesome. Here we go. Here we go. I'm James McDougall and I'm deeply, deeply disturbed. Derek Barnes. Waging Masochist. James Morley. I like violence. Three of us are best friends, roommates, and an entire fucking production company by the name of Mountain Man Media. Between us crazy bastards and a few other talented mofos, we've been shooting short films with psychotic efficiency for years. So with a decent budget, we know that we're ready to make a kick-ass feature. What makes Love for Snap different than all the other horrific romantic comedies about serial killers is that- There aren't any. This movie has such a unique blend of fucked up humor, hilarious murders, and a surprisingly engaging emotional storyline that it will simultaneously warm your heart and churn your stomach in such a way that you have not experienced since the German snuff porn remake of Toy Story 3. <laughs> oh, I love that. I see why that pulled it up for everybody. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it took me so, a while, but I think so, I. So, um, <laughs> what was what came after you? What came after Sinaku uh, for you? Like you, you were you working in TV at that point? Because I remember uh, people. Pro hopefully, uh, our audience has seen your face uh, from our short film, My Huntsville Muse, and we yeah. can talk about that quickly. Um, yeah. But. But yeah, when I, you were when you when we brought you in to to play uh, the lead in Huntsville Muse, um, you were already acting in like uh, was it Condor, is yeah. that right? Yeah, and 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 a bunch of other like um, TV spots. I, I if I recall correctly, can you kind of tell when did that all kind of start to happen? Where you started to take on those like roles? That's a, I mean, it was a slow build, you know, I was with the one agency for a while and, you know, they were great with lovely, lovely humans, nothing but good vibes with them. Um, 
and we were, you know, they really helped me like through the non-union process of like getting, I got, I was doing a lot of indie features and indie shorts and commercials and just getting comfortable on bigger sets, you know, with, with bigger people. And then, um, and then when it came time to, uh, you know, kind of go union, we had a, I just had a bit of a thing where we were kind of like at odds with, oh, maybe, you know, they were thinking maybe I shouldn't go, you know, union and I kind of want to go union. And I was like, I just, I feel like it's time for me now. And, and I, I ended up kind of going union and everything just kind of <laughs> halted to a, to a stop for a while because it's just another build, you know, you, you kind of start the non-union crowd is, is a, I don't know about like how many people are in each, but it's, it's just a bit, it's a lot more competition. I think once you go, you know, union and they're paying a lot more, so they do a lot more vetting and, and everything. So I ended up like, um, but my, honestly, my, like, it was so amazing getting to do, like, I wouldn't want it any other way doing all those non-union things and mm -hmm. really sinking my teeth into these roles. Um, one, you know, one was personal space, which is like a, a weird indie mumblecore thing, which we basically improv the whole thing with like really raw kind of scenes. And it was just like, it was a great way for me to get comfortable on camera because there was never, there will never be a premiere that I am more horrified mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that like I had all my family and friends sitting behind me and I'm the lead in this feature where I'm like doing all these new, you know, like just uh, there's like, I think like three sex scenes in it. And it's just, it was, it's very raw, but it's not like, it's not gratuitous. It's just like real people yeah. just kind of deep. Yeah. But I was like, that was like the scariest that I've I've ever been in a premiere. I, think, I don't know if there's anything I could do that would top like my my extreme anxiety that night. But um, oh. you know, just getting to go through the rank and then going union was it was tricky at first. But then you know, I got I think it was around the I ended up um, kind of reaching out to some agent and once it was an agent that I work with who was working. Uh, she was a casting director assistant for a while. And then and I reached out, I did a play. I reached out to the characters talent agency, which is one of the you know top tier talent agencies in Canada. And uh, this lady who came to see it, um, she kind of said, oh, you know, I, I reached out to her because she, she saw it and really liked it. And then she, she was like, I'm not adding to my roster, but this, this other, this other woman, Karen uh, is actually Karen Williams possible. Who's my agent now. She's like, she's just building a roster now. And she's just starting. From I'm like, Karen, I know, like, I, you know, I love work, like, I love working behind the scenes with Karen, and, and I was, like, kind of ecstatic, I was like, oh, this could, like, this could be a really good partnership, you know, so I sent mm -hmm. her my package, and then, you know, she took me on pretty quick, and then it took a couple months, but then all this, like, then I remember our, my first booking with her was Handmaid's Tale, I got, like, an actor role on Handmaid's Tale, Excellent. and that was a great kind of start, and then it was a couple actor roles, like, on Anne with an E, and then Condor hit, which was a principal role on a um, a pretty big series, and I got like some fun stuff. There was a bunch of scenes we filmed that didn't make it, or but you know, for it was still cool to like be in a scene with William Hurt and like just kind of get to see how he acts and how he works. And and I got a cool death. I get you, you even see them. They put in the trailer where I get like shot in the head, and um, you know, and it was uh, that was that was kind of my you know first kind of bigger role on a on a series and, mm -hmm. and i gotta tell you the union thing is freaking awesome in that respect because there i remember there was one day where we ended up filming a, a tiny scene from episode two the same day that we were filming episode one and the union makes like that makes it so that you end up getting like <laughs> you get you get like paid for essentially like the two you know two days like you, you like it's almost like you're shooting two days in one you know because there's just some sort of weird thing where i think it's just to protect 
union members from shooting all their scenes in every episode in one day or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, for, it was, that was just a new world for me. I was like, oh, this is neat. <laughs> I was like, this is like, this is really cool. What, um, you know, how they take care, you know, take care of you. And I, I just yeah. really appreciate like, yeah, have like them have my back and, and, and I bought this bed here and, you know, I was like, <laughs> it was, uh, I bought my, I bought my yeah. first boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it wasn't that far, but it was, it was fair like, enough. You know, it was, it was really cool. And I think I worked like, I was only like four days on that. At the same time, I was like producing some indie things, like a couple, like an indie feature called language that was like a multi, I don't know if you guys heard about this. It was a multilingual King Lear. We had 11 actors speaking all 11 different languages um, it was insane. Elizabeth Lezebnik was the director. She brought me on to produce you. And so that was just a busy time where I was like, you know, slowly getting those union gigs, but then also keep honing the craft and getting to know people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, long story short, um, I, I think it's a mix of like, yeah, you got to have the good, a good agent that gets you in the room. And that, that's been help. Like, you know, I love Karen cause she's been get me in there and like get me these chances. And, and it's amazing. And, uh, and then you also, like the relationships that you built because mm-hmm. just from producing that film with Elizabeth, like it was a couple of years ago or like three years ago or something. Um, you know, like it was like two years later, she messages me. She's like, there's this role in this film I'm directing right now in Vancouver and you're perfect for it. Please put a tape down. So I, I you know, I, I remember I sent out a tape to her and I ended up booking this role. I went out to Vancouver for a month, you know, cool. right. in this film a lot of it's, a lot of it's people that you've met and people that you know, because people want to have a positive experience, work experience. Yes. So if she knows she's going to have a good time with you and you're going to pull right. it off, she wants you there instead of somebody that might, you know, be a, mis- a misfire. Totally. Yeah. The certainty is so key, right? You kind yeah. of understand why you get those people that work to, you know, you see all that, like the directors working with the same actors and everything. Yeah. You just, you just feel comfortable and you can trust each other and mm-hmm. it can be really intense in the creative process. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when the days are long and the time's running out. So if you know you got somebody who will kind of have your back, mm-hmm. it, it um yeah it makes a difference uh yeah. So if, did I answer your uh, question? What was the exact? Uh, was it essentially? I was oh, just asking. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I was asking. Uh, just you know what what types of roles you were kind of taking on. Um, yeah. you know, after you know you, you were kind of talking about um throwing a tape down uh for for going out to BC. Um, yeah. you know if you talk to like new actors that are trying to take on roles or trying to pitch to an agent or, or what have you, um, do you have some tips for, for doing their own um, self tapes and, and whatnot for, for delivery? Yeah. Like what do you, what do you like to do for self tapes? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you like self tapes are an interesting, um, an interesting one. I like self tapes myself because you know, you have so much more control. Like if you no go pressure. in the room, you know what I mean? Like if you go in the room, you got maybe like three shots at it. And if you take more than three takes, they're they're going to be a bit, uh, you know, iffy with you. Like they'll be like, uh, don't know if we can trust this guy in a huge set when all the pressure's on. So not to say that they don't get more takes than that sometimes, but I think you, you, you got that pressure of like, you got to get it right pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But self-tapes, you can be like, <laughs> you know, you, you, I can I've spent day, you know, a day sometimes just like trying to get it right. And, and you have a lot more, control over it so yeah just make sure it's lit well sound is important um i you know i but but then again at the same time like i book stuff just off doing iphone editions too you know sometimes i'll just take my iphone i've got this ring light here that i'm kind of using to light myself right now but um 
you know? Mm. And, and then you just kind of can actually, it's perfect. I can give a demo. You put Adrian, little, Adrian, you put, this guy's a pro. Look you put at your little iPhone right there. And then, and it'd be good if you had like an extra mic or something as well, kind of hooked into mm-hmm. it. But, um, you know, overall it's, uh, it, that gets the job done. You, you make sure that you're, you're well lit. You look okay. You got a nice backdrop. Just to, you don't necessarily need to pay for a big, uh, back, back, backdrop. It just make it kind of generic and don't, you don't want a lot going on. You don't want like your kids running around the back or anything like that, but you just, uh, you know, just make sure that you yeah. lit well, you sound good. It really, all they want to see is, you know, your version of the role. And I will say there's been a couple of times where I got creative with it. Like very rarely do you ever do, I do I ever edit? Cause you know, I can edit and everything. I don't usually, you can't really edit your editions. They just want to see it in one take. But sometimes they'll say like, Hey, can, can you, you know, be a little creative with this? Cause it's a weird scene and the way it's, you know, maybe there's not a lot of dialogue and it's all action. So they just kind of say, be creative with it. And then when that happens, I get pretty excited because I kind of get to put on my filmmaker hat a bit and and come up with something fun to do. And, you know, I, I don't want to, there was one I recently did for some ghost story where I like, I filmed it in this empty room and I did a jump, like I did a cut where, uh, you know, as the ghost, he's supposed to kind of, you know, burst out and like start yelling, you know, just like intense laughing and like, you know, just shrieking at somebody. So I kind of like hide behind this little, this little wall. And then right when I had behind the wall, I cut, like I cut the camera and then I, I just kept it, you know, framed. And then I, I, I made it. So it was like a, a jump cut where I just burst through the door, like right away. <laughs> just to, and, and I remember when my agent watched it, Karen was like, Oh my God, that scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, Good. All right. Job Excellent. done. Yeah. And, and you, you can kind of have fun with that. Derek did a great one. If you see the movie code eight, have you heard of that? It's on uh, I, I don't, I think you can see it on iTunes in a couple, but Derek Barnes, when he, he had to do his audition for that, him and Morley went outside. Uh, I think we were, yeah, we were all living together at that moment. And he, they, they actually filmed the drone. The whole thing was he's being chased by this drone because he's about to be arrested. And they filmed the whole scene like, like it was freaking cinematic where the drones like coming after him. And he's like, <laughs> he's like and he, he even said the producers came up to him and said, yeah, we had to get you after that tape. That was awesome. You know? So, and, cool. and you know, like Elijah Wood for Lord of the Rings, he did a kind of creative self tape where he dressed up like a hobbit and like went out in the woods and everything. So sometimes it works if you kind of show them a bit of extra, but uh, but for the most part, I would recommend just kind of going with a normal self tape because you don't want to weird them out, and you definitely just need to. You don't want to feel like you know you're coming on too strong sometimes, and you just want to just show them. Yeah, you can you can do the role, but but every now and then, uh, if if the Mood strikes me. I'll, I'll get a bit creative with it. Yeah, especially if you're doing a lot. Like if you have a lot of auditions that are coming through the coming through the doors, you got a lot coming in, you got a lot going out. Then sometimes you can get creative. Come on, let's have a bit of hey fun. Hey there, Dwayne. Yeah, yeah. Have fun with it. Who's this? Uh, who, th- what'd they say? I missed that. Hey guys, talk later. That was, that's Dwayne oh. Frey. I and uh, and he's been uh, you know good friends for a long time, and and they also were. Uh, we entered the first Cinecu contest with them. Nice. Uh, in fact, I think they might have even been in the one that we did too. I think Scum City, if I remember correctly. Was that uh, your first Cinecu, Scum City? That was that was theirs. Uh, okay. No, that was the one that was in the same one that we were. the The original time, the original um, Cinecu, they did a, a horror called uh, Horror in the Woods called Fifty Road. Okay, cool. That's the name of their uh, their short. Um, 
Whoa, that was loud. Sorry, guys. Um, so what were you working on when we reached out to talk about my Huntsville Muse? Do you remember? You know, I, I, I'll, tr I'll jog my memory with Instagram. That's always a good way to kind of just scroll through Amazing. your past and be like, what the hell? Um, because you, we, we, we sat down to talk to you about, about that. And you were like, Hey, I also have, uh, an awesome actress that I'd love to work with. Yes. And, uh, and you brought in Alana as well. Yeah. I thought she'd be perfect for it because I, you know, we worked together on a little short pyramid scream a long time ago. And she just has this kind of like quality of, you know, like that timeless kind of quality where you're not quite sure what, you know, mm -hmm. generation mm -hmm. she's from, which I think was really cool uh, i got a lot of response from that people saying that that was really moving and a really really beautiful uh short so well done on that guys because i think it's really nice I, I especially love the ending too like um no spoilers you got to go watch it I'm on <laughs> that's not but, um, it's free it's on youtube just yeah, go yeah, watch it's it. totally <laughs> free <laughs> you go and Listen, we, charge, just... we charge for everything whenever we can but this is uh -huh. free <laughs> Go to our website. Yeah, Go to our I, website. You're going to see a pop-up of James's face when you land on our website. It's like that's uh, right. James McDougal. And it's only uh, like five minutes, right? It's only like right. five minutes. That's so right. You can't go wrong. But yeah. no, I'm looking at the time that we did My Huntsville News, I was working on, yeah, uh, well, essentially, yeah, recommend, like, recommended Alana to, to kind of be a part of it because I thought she was great. And I'm glad you guys kind of saw the same thing. Amazing. And she was awesome to work with too. Eh? Like, she's, you yeah. know, super talented. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah great human. 100%. And and at the same time, I was I was at that point. I think we were in the midst of walking supply things, like getting that launched off the ground. That's and right. Was, you were you were doing walking supply. Yes, which has not happened yet. You know, things have, as you guys know, with filmmaking, like you can never really know. Like we were very close, you know, at a point to kind of go on a camera and whatever things fell through and. We ended up kind of, you know, changing who we were working with on it. And now we're working with, uh, you know, another awesome team. I don't know how much I can say now on, on that. So I will all kind yeah. of leave it a bit ambiguous. But we're working with other people and we're, we're taking the right steps right now during all this time that we have to kind of just get things lined up. Because I think it's going to be, you know, when things do go back to, to a bit, you know, a bit more normal and like we end up kind of bringing productions back. Mm -hmm. I, I think it could be a really good production to kind of get started on pretty quick. Did, mostly in the woods, right? Mostly in the woods. Yes, exactly. Did yeah. Walking Supply, the short film, go, is it is it available for people to see? No. Yeah, you know, okay. You know why? We ended no. up deciding not to share it because we were like, I love it. I'm really proud of it. And, yeah. you know, obviously there's things we do differently. Like you look back on it every time and you're like, oh, I wish I did this way. I did that. But overall, I'm pretty proud of it. We shot it over two seasons, you know, in, um, in the freaking wil you know, wilderness in the cold. Uh, you know, me and me and a couple of the actors, like we lost weight, you know, in between. And, like we were trying to like really look like we were starving. And, like, I mean, that kind of worked. Yeah, good. I'm yeah. glad. Yeah. yeah, and and we ended up not sharing it because the the feature was getting pretty close, and we we had so many new ideas, and it's very very similar kind of in the story structure. It would, well, sure. you know, it's it's still got like a lot of new stuff that will surprise you guys. But I just didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to. Right, give you don't want to give it away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a great. It's been a great pitch material though. Like anyway, totally. we just kind of set it off, and we cut our own little like sizzle trailer, you know, of it. Oh. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I really yeah. enjoyed it a lot. Cool. I thought I thought yeah, you guys I, had I, some you guys I had some that... drone shots that I was like, oh, that was awesome. Oh, I, I yeah, there was some cool stuff in there. 
I'll tell you a sure. story about that about Derek and his drone. But yeah, <laughs> what were you gonna say, Adrian? Just you. No, I, I was just gonna say like I I think I, I've I think I've only seen the trailer, but it just seems to me like rock solid. Like it just seems like it's 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 a movie that could go. Thank you. Because, yeah, yeah. That, it Thank just you. seems like it should be made for sure. I, I'm hoping. Yeah, I, yeah. I hopefully maybe I'll be able to send you guys a link. I'll talk to the the guys. I'm not, I I just don't want to post it public, you know, right yeah. now, just because because of that. But the, and you and, and you can't really because the thing is that if you post it public and somebody you go to someone, then you want them to give you some dollar bills, yo, and then they say, oh, but the short film is out. Like that impact, you know, you, you the impact with the fresh release. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's important if you if, if it's possibility for a feature, then you want to rein that story in for sure. I think so. Yeah, I, and, then, and not having the two things, it can get confusing for people because if they're going to search for it and they see it, it's like, but well, that's not what I thought, you know. And we've yeah. made enough changes to it that it's not quite the same, but it's you know, it's yeah. it's going to be crazy, man. It's like I'm so excited about the the action and just how insane it's going to be. Um, but uh, I'll tell you a funny, a quick little anecdote there about Derek. Cause he was uh, on the first day of filming with the drone. We were like, it was his first time ever. He just got this new drone. All actually all the toys. He just upgraded the mountain man kit at that point. And it, it was weird. It was almost like him playing with all his new toys for the first time. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and really this is like, the best. This is the best. <laughs> did, you, did you hear this? <laughs> no. And like just trying to figure out like how to, um, you know, just how to work everything. And you know, that added a bit of time just cause like we got this new crane that we had to build. And it's like, what the hell? Like, you know, uh, like how does this work? You know? And like, just kind of figuring out all the nick, the pieces, but the drone thing. Yeah. Yeah. We ended up getting into the woods. So the first shot, we, he did a great safety chat, like just kind of getting everybody. Okay. You know what to do. If anything goes wrong, I'm just going to yell duck and you guys just, you know, get down. Right. Cause we're walking through all this really thick bush. You did tell me the story. Kind of like flying over our head. And, um, you know, and, and we get all set up uh, right after the safety chat. Everyone's like, okay, here we go. First take, first take, you know, and like, and we're just kind of starting walking through the bush, walking through the bush. And we just hear, Jock! And we just like, literally, I just felt like it just whizzed right by my head. <laughs> it was, was kind of freaky. But, um, you know, luckily the safety was in place to, to get us down because it was close. It was a close call. And, and what happened was it was the sensors were kind of thinking because it was kind of marshy. It thought that it was like, uh, like kind of higher than it, whatever the sensor yeah, yeah. it off, and it. But he figured out how to use that thing pretty quick, and all. So listen, things. everyone, have a safe word. You gotta have a safe That's word cool. in everything you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in life. But uh, I'll tell you, duck is a pretty good safe word because it's pretty short. Yeah. <laughs> you but, don't want to change it to something longer. That's, that's my safe word. word. That's my similar. safe word in the bedroom also. <laughs> duck, duck is my bedroom safe word. Yeah. 100%. That's awesome. Um, let's get to so, – do, do you want to talk – do you want to – do you have anything – we want to talk about your most recent role, which it seems super cool. Um, is there anything that you want to like chit chat about before, before then? I mean, I just want to know how you guys, like, how are you guys holding up? You doing all right? We are, we are, it's an interesting time. Yeah. It's an interesting time for us. I think like, um, you know, we're stuck indoors, but yeah. we're in post-production on, on a movie. On Yes. On our on our horror shifted, shifted. we're releasing our second season of Art of Eight Limbs, 
um, our Muay Thai documentary on Bell, which should be out imminently any week now. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. And um, yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like do you feel like it's time to share cool news or? Yeah, sure. You think so? Go for right, it. Go go for it, Adrian. It's very exciting okay. for us. Huh? Yeah. So so um, uh, out of eight limbs, uh, the two documentary series that that we have got picked up for international distribution by Principal Media out of uh, Los Angeles. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We're pretty so, I'm pretty excited about that. It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. We're, we'll do some sort of official announcement, but it's fun to drop some some yeah, announcements so, here for our like couple of audience members three people yeah but um yeah so it's it's pretty exciting and we don't know what we don't know what lies ahead um but we are excited so we're just getting them all the deliverables and grinding hard to get everything to them have to ship a 10 terabyte hard drive uh across to la like the the number of things you need on this hard drive blew my mind like you need you need the prores version with all the text embedded uh, in, in 4K, then you need the HD version, text version with everything embedded. Now this is ProRes 422HQ, which is like huge files. Like 20 minutes is like 120 gigs. You know what I mean? Then you need to have the textless version without text, so a full export of that. Then you have the texted textless version of the HD full export of that. Like you just there's so much different then, audio different audio like, tracks embedded in like the thing 10 yeah. different types of audio tracks you have to do like music and effects just music but music with no automation like then you've got to do dialogue then you've got to do a full stereo mix then you do a 5.1 mix with just music just dialogue just each all these different 5.1 mixes it's crazy and that's so the, just so it can internationally kind of be seen yeah like so all- well and the the reason you do it is because um and this is this has been a really cool experience because, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, we had a, our, a couple of, fo- we've had a c- couple of phone calls with these guys and, and I'll just say it was, it was, the phone calls were very fun for us because number one, um, they somehow found our show and reached out to us, which was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, it feels good to see that someone found uh, a quality show and then reached out and said like, Hey, we'd like to represent you guys and, and see what we can do with the show. And when the, the folks were talking to Adrian and I about the show, they really liked the kind of storytelling we were doing and the kind of film mechanics we, we put into the show. And so you could really tell that these guys, a knew what they were talking about and B were really like pushing our buttons you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were like the way that you did the slow mo, you know, zooming to the, you know, however they described it. I don't even know how to describe it. So, That's cool. you know, the fact that the other gentleman uh, was describing our show better than I could just makes me it makes makes <laughs> me feel amazing, right? He's a salesman. Yeah, he's but it's a salesman so, for sure. But it's so so every four K every 4k export that they get or deliverable that they get has to be accompanied with an HD one and the text you're cutting out there chief they need to be able to replace all the text from the credits to the title sorry they need to be able to replace the text from all for all the titles all the closed captions all the open captions all the credits everything so they need a version that has none of that in it 
in case they need to go to a different language or whatever. Yeah. And then they need all the different versions in case they need to change the format to match a station that we didn't provide them the, the, you know, the export for or whatever. So, you know, we have the opportunity to do a lot of the work, but yeah. if, if we're in the middle of a shoot and they need whatever it is, uh, an export for the UK or something like that, and it's different, they can take our, uh, 10 terabyte drive of all the the big exports and they can recut the th types of things that they need to be able to put the show on a different station or et cetera, et cetera. So it's pretty exciting. Um, we will see what happens. We're, we're pretty long, happy about it. How long yeah. does that process take? Like how many days or weeks? Still, still ongoing. 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 We will, one of these days we'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, that's yeah. News. Congrats. That's so, you. You know, well-deserved. I know you guys work really hard and, and you deserve, you know, all the success. So that's amazing. We don't even want all the success. We just we just want, want like a, a piece of success. <laughs> we'll just if there's a piece of success no, no, out no, there. No, we'll... want, no, no, no. We want a lot, but you know, come on, we'll start <laughs> right. with a little. All right, that's cool. <laughs> we gotta start somewhere. We gotta well, start you got somewhere. that. It sounds like you got that. So now yeah, yeah. You know, only up from here. Hope so. Hope so. So ha let's talk about uh, your new movie, Becky, which is coming out on VOD. Yeah. June the 5th. Now, yeah. do you know where it's going to be available, first of all? Okay. Um, it's There's apparently... a, Hold on, everyone. There's a song about it. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to figure... So, yeah, essentially, it's coming out, um, it, I think, North America release. It was essentially... Initially, I, I don't know if you know, we got into Tribeca. It was going to premiere, world premiere, Tribeca Film Festival. We were all, like, Get over the moon. Shit out of you. No, yeah, yeah, that's well. Uh, it's because no, I won't. I won't joke about your movie. It's fine. <laughs> and it was like we were, we were like. I think initially, um, you know, the directors you guys love those guys, Carrie and John, lovely humans. They um, and, and just awesome to work with. They, I think they, yeah, they had their sights set on some big festivals. They ended up like Tribeca was the the one that we got the world premiere at. We were all getting ready to kind of go down there. I remember right as like kind of COVID was kind of starting to you know really get serious. We were. We were. I went to my ADR session. It was, it was probably like to, to see, you know, do a couple of scenes and get some uh, final sound and everything. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were kind of like, I feel like, oh, we don't know if it's going to happen. It might, you know. But then a couple of days later, it was pretty clear, like this is probably going to get canceled. And then they ended up kind of postponing it, which I was kind of happy about. Like, oh, they're just postponing it. But things, obviously, as we know, kind of ended up going a lot longer, and they ended up kind of canceling it, um, which is, you know, totally understandable, especially being in New York you know so they uh, and then I, I and then i found out that we were supposed to, it was supposed to go to movie theaters as well so oh, i was like oh, shit out of you come <laughs> on i'm like that's huge and uh, but i didn't really feel the loss of that because i didn't even know until you know <laughs> until it didn't happen so it's fine right. but but the you know the interesting thing though about this and i, I was kind of hoping that they were going to kind of get it out early online because i'm like you know right now is a great like you know, it, it's terrible what's happening out there, but it's it's not a bad time to be releasing content because everybody's at home, you know, and like they want to just see things and they're running out of, uh oh, there we go, and Sorry. and they're running out of content to watch and and I was like, okay, like if we can get it out, so yeah, I, when I heard the news that they were gonna kind of put it out um, on, so it's going on VOD and and yeah, so on demand and digital, so you know people will be able to buy it like you know rent it all that stuff in North America. I'm assuming 
iTunes. I don't quote me on this stuff because I don't know all the details about exactly where, but I'm assuming you can get it on all the regular VOD, you know, rental things. And also the news that I found out, like, and I can talk about now because I was reading articles, um, you know, that, that are mentioning this. This is like the coolest thing for me, and it like made my day when I found this out yesterday. It's also going to be released in in um, drive-in theaters across uh, in America. Oh, cool! Yeah, amazing. Which that is I, awesome. I, did you guys like? I loved. I remember the drive-in as a kid. It was huge, you know. And you always had the rated R movie at the very end, where it was like, oh, you know, either some families would go home or like they'd let you know you get the blankets out and like and like. I just remember that was such an important, like amazing time in my childhood when we'd all go to the drive-in and like, and, and it, that just gave me, and it's a perfect drive-in film. It's, you know, it's, it takes place in a cottage. It's like a, you know, an action thriller that, you know, just. And like it, I, I would. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the drive, the drive-in is a magical place. And if this is a perfect drive-in movie, I mean, this is great. The drive-in should be brought back. And if Becky is the, is the movie to do that. Come on now, James, come on. Let's bring it up. And you know, there I, I don't know if you guys have been reading some of the film news, but there are some movies that are killing it at the drive-in right now. Because no. get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I look up, I think it's called The Wretched. And that was one that played at, I think it played at um, the Toronto After Dark Festival or one of our festivals in Toronto. And it's killing it. Like, I, I don't know exactly the amount it's making, but it's doing really well. Uh, and, and I think that that's going to be the place that people are going to gravitate to. People that miss theaters that don't necessarily want to get into big crowds right mm -hmm, away. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like itching to get out there. And I, and I think the drive-ins a good spot to kind of do that. And yeah. maybe, maybe the, uh, maybe the drive-ins will loosen their rules on like you have, you can't bring in your own snacks and stuff. So they'll be like, look, just bring your own stuff. Come on in. You don't have, you know, or, you know, you can kind of social distance, I suppose, if you're going in the, in the thing to get your popcorn and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think they're going to have to do something like, like that. That's always been tricky me. How do you stop people from bringing in snacks in their car? I I mean, do they have, can they ever do that? Slash beers. Slash beers, slash whatever, you know, but you know, I, I feel like, yeah, I think they'll probably have to change some of their, their, you know, their uh, operating procedures. But I, I think that that's a good spot to look for, you know, at least a, a little, a little bit of the future as to where people will still go and, you know, see things on a big screen. Um, so where did, where did Becky start for you? Okay. Like how, how did you get involved? Well, it, it all started with an addition. Uh, obviously we, we can do, once it comes out, we, we should do another podcast where I can like, you know, really go into some fun stuff because I, there's so much, I, I don't even, amazing. I, I gotta be careful about what I say and all That's that. That's okay. Can, can we show the trailer at the end of the oh, show? Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think, I think that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like, you know, um, just, I don't want to give any spoilers or details or anything, but I'll be kind of vague with this, but yeah, we had a, we had a, tr uh, an addition that just, I got, and it was a self tape. And at the time, actually me and Derek were writing, uh, doing rewrites on walking supply with, uh, Douglas Nyback, another really talented dude. He was, you know, we were kind of writing it together and, and doing a, a little bit of a, a rework on it. And at, and I got an addition that weekend. I was like, oh man, can, you know, and Doug's actually my, he was my acting coach for a long time at Armstrong. So I was like, Hey, can you help me out with, uh, <laughs> with this tape? Well, we were out at Derek's folks house and yeah, we, we used the ring light, a little flat backdrop on the wall, put the tape down and then just forgot about it. You know, got back to writing. Mm -hmm. And, um, I will say when I read the character, I was like, this is freaking perfect for me. I was like, this is definitely a type of character that I could play. Uh, I won't go, I, there's no details yet about my character or anything. So I won't go into what it is. 
but it's like it definitely fit the bill. And and then I ended up um, so I forgot about it. A lot of you know yada yada. I think it was probably like a month later or like you know three weeks later or something like that. I got I was on a plane to go to Portland. We were doing an interview with um, this lady who she sur- she survived a you know a, a weird cult growing up. And and she she just wanted to talk about it. She wrote a book about it, and we were just it was a random gig. You know, I was going off to Portland, Oregon, to do this. And uh, right when I was getting on the plane, I, I saw a message from my agent being like, uh, "Hey, you got a call. You better come back. You know, on Monday because you got a call back <laughs> at three p.m. on Monday." I remember I was like, "What?" So I got to go into the room with the directors. These two director team. They did um their first two movies were Cooties and Bushwick. I don't know if you've seen those. I, I saw Bushwick. Seen, I, I know Bushwick. Yeah, I thought Bushwick so was bad. I have the opening for Cooties. I've seen the opening. Yeah, it was pretty great. It was, um, yeah, I, I and actually, then once I saw the Cooties title, I went, "Okay, I don't know if I can watch the rest of this. I'm not sure." Yeah. But Bushwick was with um, Drax. For, what's that guy's yeah. name? Um, oh man, Dave Batista. Dave Batista. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, and Bushwick was like. It was like a, a one-er. The, well, I don't know about a one-er, but it, yeah. the whole movie just flows with Dave Bautista as he goes about. Um, it, it's pretty great, honestly. It's like yeah. the government is like locking a city down, and yeah. he's making his way, helping this girl get out of the city. That's really it. And it's he just you just follow him as he like kicks guys' asses and like hides and like runs away from the Uh-oh. the the government and stuff. But uh, yeah, it was pretty great. I, I like that movie a lot. Um, I, I loved it and, and I haven't seen Cooties yet so I can't speak to that one but I, I gotta watch that it's on my watch list but Bushwick I was like I was so blown away by it. yeah that opening shot it's like the first shot uh, for people that haven't seen it, it just it starts in this um, subway and just follows this couple and then they kind of go up and then shit just starts hitting the fan people are running by on fire they're going up this like it's just a great one or all this crazy shit's happening and essentially what's happening is there's like a, a a divide going on in the country, you know, where certain states are trying to separate. Very like eerily. Some weird. people want to wear face masks, and some yeah. people don't. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I was as far as like being kind of on the the you know the pulse of the zeitgeist of what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. They, they're pretty good at that because they've got this movie the, and then cooties. You know, I, I messaged them. I was like, hey guys, if like if you know criminals attack a beach house this summer i think you guys are like literally psychic <laughs> so because there's a lot of shit you know uh but that's a, that's a cool film to check. but yeah so I, I go in the room for them the casting director it was uh jenny uh yeah um yeah it was sarah Kay and jenny lewis really lovely lovely casting directors and i just felt really comfortable like i felt like I felt like this and they were, they made me feel really comfortable too. And we had fun and I, I did a little improv in the edition that cracked them up. Like they were like, you know, laughing behind the camera and everything. And then, and then I, I felt really good about it. I didn't think I, I didn't think I'd get like, you know, doing a movie with Kevin, you know, Kevin James, Joel McHale, uh, Amanda Bruegel, you know, freaking Robert Mallet. I don't know if you know, he's like amazing. He used to be a wrestler, really cool guy. Uh, Lulu Wilson, of course, who's like a rising like she's killing it in the horror genre. She's like she's she gonna was, be she awesome. was in uh, Haunting of Hill House there, dude. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, she oh. is. Yeah. She's she's right. She was in that. She's in uh, Picard recently. People have been messaging me, being like, "Oh man, you're in the the movie with the girl from Picard." That's awesome. Like, yeah, she's she's definitely a rising star. Gonna do big things. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll audition, but they'll probably just give this to someone from LA or something. But but no, I I I ended up getting the role. I freaked out with my agent, and then I ended up going off to um. 
set for my first day of fitting. And I, I look up at the, you know, the wardrobe area where they have all the photos of the main cast. And I'm like, I'm freaking up there with these, these people that you know, I've watched and I've grown up watching and respecting. And I was so, like, Oh, cool. I like, Oh man, it was so cool. It was so, it was such a good feeling to, and then to get there and just to be like, you know, to feel comfortable because of all, you know, that's the key thing, right? You got to keep doing it. You got to keep grinding and like keep making stuff. And then once you're in that position, you feel ready, you know? And I just felt ready. I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing here. <laughs> you know, I didn't yeah, feel yeah, like you yeah. had a place and, and um, yeah. And, and then everybody was honestly, it was like the, one of the nicest sets I've ever been on, you know, like sometimes you hear horror stories about like, you know, big, bigger sets. It's like cold or what? And all, everybody was, so, everybody was so nice. And, mm. You know, and it really trickled down from the top, like, you know, the producers, directors and everything. And, and yeah, it was, it was definitely a cool experience. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to play this trailer here right, and then it. we can we yeah, talk so, about it for a second. Awesome. Yeah. So people know what, what's going on. Yeah. We're talking about. They That's know right. Kevin James, who Kevin James is. Yeah. Oh. Kevin, you know, Ke Paul, Paul Blart. Yeah. Yes. Paul Blart, the funny guy. The guy that's really here funny comes, with Adam Sandler. Here comes the boom, everyone. Yeah. Yeah, don't expect, you know, Paul Blair mock-up here. This is something different. <laughs> oh, restricted trailer. No, it's, um, this one's, I think, PG. What happened by your forward, Becky? Oh, can you wait a second? What is she doing here? You let her walk all over you. She's 13. Jeff, this gentleman lost his dog. Okay, well, why don't you give us your number? My dog is a Rottweiler. Purebred, or as the Germans call them, Rottweiler Metzgerhunds. That's why you never let them mate with other breeds. You get the worst of both. Okay, I think it's time for you to go. Stay calm. I'm looking for a key. It has this symbol engraved on it. You seen it? No. Well, that leaves little Becky. Where's Becky? Wait, wait! He's gonna hold your dad still while I hurt him. I'm not gonna let them get away with this. I'm alone. Was a little girl. Becky! Stop running! She's very, very good. And when she was bad, hey! she was horrible. What is the point of all of this? For a key? It's worth much more than that. Becky! You're clearly a special girl! I don't want to have to hurt you. But I do want to hurt you real bad. Oh, that was uh, that's uh, Home Alone with white supremacists. It looked like I think <laughs> that is it. I mean, yeah, with, with the, cool. the producers kind of when I was talking to them about it on the first day, they they kind of pitched it as like it's like Home Alone meets John Wick. But I've also heard like Home Alone meets Rambo. It's kind of mm -hmm. kind of fun. Totally, she does the she does the thing. The band Macaulay Culkin's like, I mean, wait, I could have yeah. stabbed a guy in the eye with a pencil. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I found out news today. They just posted an article on Collider, a bit essentially saying how this movie initially had an NC-17 rating. It was so fucked up. 
Wow. And they had to uh, they had to tone it back a bit. So yeah. it's not going to be for the faint of heart, but it's really like it's just a fun, crazy summer film that I think most people will like. And I, you know, I and I think um, you know if you can get past the you know how how crazy it might get, it's uh, it's definitely like you're never going to see Kevin James. You've never seen Kevin James in a role like this before. He's, never. He is. Never. He's kill. He was you know killing it. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's definitely cool to see him stretch, you know, and to be there like on the, you know, to be there watching it, like being a part of it when, you know, he's doing such a different role, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, now listen, was that beard real? Yes, that was real. That's how you act. There's another way you can act with the beard for that. That, that, That beard in that, that opening shot was so beautiful like, now i assume the swastika tattoo oil. on the back of his head is real too oh yes yeah of course he 100 percent <laughs> got that on there yeah it's yeah, on yeah. there forever now what method went totally method no totally. that was um yeah that interestingly heaven that, that was why crazy. did you do that i don't know it felt <laughs> like it felt like I, it needed to be done god damn it heaven yeah i think that was the, the awesome makeup team uh, uh, you know amazing yeah. um amazing peeps there but i think like oh. yeah no so so let me uh, let me ask you now that experience was an extremely positive experience it sounds like and just like a step up in every way it sounds amazing now where what's next for you sir what is on the horizon good uh, yeah i mean well aside from I'm right now I'm kind of living in all the, like, I'm just so excited every day I get to wake up. Like, you know, as crazy as things are, this is nice. And I'm sure you guys feel this too. Like having a project, having something kind of coming out, it like gives you a bit of hope, gives you a bit of, you know, just, it gets you through the day. If I, I feel like I wake up every day and there's some really cool news. Like I'm like, Oh man, this, this is awesome. And there's, there's some really cool stuff to coming down the pipeline. I, I'm really excited to see what they do if they do a red band trailer. Cause right now that mm-hmm. they're really, toning you know you don't necessarily see how crazy this might get but you know and and um so i'm really just trying to live in that and appreciate it and like just get excited and and be a part like you know and share it with the world and it's kind of cool as much as the tribeca premiere would have been amazing obviously and the red carpet and all that i'm kind of excited to share this with you know the you guys to share this with like my friends and family like the whole the whole world or at least north america you know um, we'll be able to kind of experience this on the same day if they want to, you know, on June. 5th. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's when it comes out June 5th. I and, hope it's uh, huge. And I hope that you can finally buy that boat that you always wanted. Yes. I hope so too. And, and uh, to, to kind of answer your question as to what I'm up to now is, uh, I'm doing similar stuff as to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I can't talk about it much, but I'm, I'm writing a TV series right now. And I, that, I kind of the quarantine thing got me really, thinking about this and I, I worked with this awesome writer director recently and we just clicked really well and we are making a series that I'm really excited about. It's uh it's in the horror genre, horror comedy kind of thing. And it's okay. And, and we've got it, the whole season one outlined and we know where we want to go with season two and three. And, um, and it's like that, that's kind of keeping me going. We've got it all out and we're going to start next week, start writing you know, start, you know, writing the screenplay and everything like that. And, um, yeah, and we, God, I got that going on. And, uh, that's so cool. That is, that's that's very exciting. Make, make that, that happen. Pardon? Make that happen. 
I make really, that happen. Make well, that happen. I was just thinking, like, and I'm sure you guys feel this way. Right now is a great time to kind of get your pitch material together, you know. And and I, I feel a lot of people are saying this, but I'm really feeling it might be true for the industry. It's it's a bit of a shift, and um, you know, it's you know, it's um, it's more of a producer's market now because there's just going to be so much of a demand for content, and it's not going to, you know, and and people are just going to want new ideas. And I I just feel like I'm excited to come out of this with you know, walking supply ready to pitch and we're, we're going to start pitching it probably soon. And then, um, and then the series just to have, to have this stuff in the pipeline, um, you know, and I recommend to any filmmakers, any actors, any, whatever you do, writers, whatever it is, you know, if right now it's, uh, you know, if you're kind of sitting at home thinking about what to do, like just create something, you know, like just get something, get something ready, film something in your house. Like, you know, it's, a, uh, you know, we, there's so much we can do right now, even though we're, we're all kind of all, we're all uh, stuck at home or whatnot. Amazing. You got to keep on doing stuff. That's it. Just keep on doing stuff. Stuff you like, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone, listen, I'm everyone. Here we go. Once again, go to thefableforest.com. You will see James's face up on the front page. Go and watch him in my Huntsville muse. Uh, with our friend Alana uh, Pansier. And uh, and then we're going to post the trailer for Becky uh, on our Facebook page. Make sure that you check it out on June 5th. We will, I don't know, June 5th exactly, but shortly after, I'm assuming. We'll try to get there and, and watch we're gonna it. Be I'm, I'm we're very gonna be excited. looking for your face. We'll yes. be looking for your face. And yeah. I'll probably let the boys watch it. <laughs> Even though they're not 17 yet. All right, but, well, it's it's intense, but I I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to recommend. I don't know what their levels are, but it's gonna be. Uh, I think it'll be fun. Like there'll be a lot of teenagers and younger adults that enjoy it as well, you mm-hmm. know. But it's uh, it is it's a bit violent, so depending, you know. Well, Lex loves Paul Blart Mall Cop, so oh yes, yeah. we right up his alley. <laughs> it's, it's one of his favorites, honestly. This That's might ruin. This might actually ruin him. So yeah, it could. It could. We're out to destroy Lex. All right. Uh, listen, we're going to wrap up the show. Thanks very much, James, for being on with us and kind of running us through your history. And it's always been fun to work with you. And hopefully we get to do that again. Uh, you know, hopefully you'll give us uh, like some sort of friendly discount on your King Kong bucks that you're going to be making the next time we chat, um, which is which is wonderful. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, you get to leave us with a with a final word there, James. A final word? A final word. Um, yeah, just honestly, that's, that's a lot of pressure. Something yeah. final. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a, not final, final. Was, it's not the last word ever. <laughs> yeah. This isn't the end. This isn't the end of you. Listen, we're leaving you with, yeah. with James saying, you know, you, you just got to get out there and start creating stuff. Even if you're, you're, you're at home alone, you're an actor, you're a writer, just keep doing something during, uh, during COVID and uh you know don't let don't let the uh, the fact that you never get to go outside uh you know stop you from uh from trying to pull all your creativity and and put it on the page or or put it on the screen or or what have you exactly follow your dreams and no matter what the world brings us like just you know it's time to innovate it's time to figure out all right new ways to do things to you know but but there's no reason that you can't be out there still you know following your dreams and and doing what you love cuz I think that's, you know, uh, you know, and just being good to people. 
That's, that's this is it, and this is what we say. Uh, you know, uh, everyone, we'll see you again in a week. Uh, actually, next week we're gonna have we're gonna meet uh, uh, Tom, uh, a VFX artist uh, who we we haven't worked with. Uh, we've just been chit chatting uh, with. We love his short film, uh, so we're gonna show you guys his short film, and we're gonna bring him on the show, and uh, you guys get to hear from a, a legit computer CGI VFX artist. So it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch his stuff and uh, and talk cool. to him next week. But until then, uh, dream big and work hard, work James. Hard. You're a legend, bro. A legend in the making. Oh, you the guys. Way. You're too kind. So are you guys. Thank you. Thanks. Really hope you enjoyed the show. Wherever you watched or listened, please leave us a comment or a review. We really want to hear from you. Share the show with a friend. You know they'll love us. Head over to our website, thefableforest.com. There's all kinds of great stuff. Poke around. Check it out. See you all again in a couple weeks.